1: Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. There's a brand new book out that I want you to go and get right away. It's from Regnery Publishing. It's titled After the Fall, The Remarkable Comeback of Richard Nixon. After the Fall came out this week. It's by Casey Pipes, spelled K-A-S-E-Y. Pipes, as in Smoke a Pipe, Casey Pipes, and I actually cooperated with this book because I worked for Richard Nixon from 78 to 1980, and I worked for him again from 1989 to 1991, and I'm back again as president and CEO of the foundation. So when Casey came calling years ago, I sat down with him because it was okayed by the family, and I normally don't talk to biographers of Nixon, and so I'm really looking forward to it, Casey, but I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it before you get to the library. Welcome. Congratulations. You've been working on... After the fall for a long time.
2: Thank you so much, Hugh. It's great to be here. And, yeah, it's been 10 years in the making.
1: Now, uh, the lunch rule is that you've got to say the name of the book seven times in any interview. Otherwise, people won't remember to buy after the fall. So we'll say after the fall seven or eight times. But tell us why Casey Pipes even began after the fall.
2: Well, the idea actually came to me from... uh, one of the grandchildren, Chris Nixon Cox, uh, became a friend of mine when I was working in the Bush White House. And he said to me one day, you know, no one's ever really done my grandfather's post-presidency. And, of course, uh, part of the reason for that is that the post-presidential records, although they are deposited in Yorba Linda, uh, their private records are controlled by the family. So uh, I was able to secure the cooperation of both Julie and Trisha, and Tricia. Um, spent 10 years working on documenting these 20 years of his life, which I think deserve to be remembered. I mean, I think there, there will always be a debate about Nixon's place in history, whether he was a great president or not. This book says there's really no debate he was a great ex-president, uh, maybe one of the very best ex-presidents. And uh, the things he was doing, the books he was writing, the advice he was dispensing to three presidents – uh, it's pretty remarkable when you consider where he was in August of
1: 1974. It is, and and I always tell people whenever a book on Nixon comes out, I I ask a very selfish question. Did they call me? Because if they didn't call me, they're missing at least one witness, and I have to assume they're missing people like Paul Bateman, Maren Cermecki. Uh, um, we, we've got just all, you know, John Taylor, Kathy uh, uh, Taylor. Lots of people were around in the post-presidency. Jack Brennan, Ken Kachigian, Frank Gannon, Diane Sawyer. Did you get to most everyone, Casey? I got some of them. I was probably split.
2: Um... And the ones I got were awesome. I mean, Kachigian comes to mind especially. Um, I mean, he gave me tremendous insight into some of, sort of the behind the scenes on the Frost interviews. I mean, we, and there's this conventional wisdom that you know, there was this moment in the interviews where Frost you know manages to brilliantly trip up Nixon and get this confession. Actually, this was sort of planned out. He and Kachigian sort of wordsmith. They knew, the, they knew the question was coming, obviously, and they sort of wordsmith what he was going to say, uh, because they, he, he had 45 million people watching it. He wanted to address it. He wanted to explain his position on it. And, and far from being an accident, it was it was his way of, of saying, I screwed it up, and, and it snowballed, and I impeached myself. And so I think insights like that, you know, from people like you and from Kachigian were really helpful. But more than helpful. They were awesome, but the, the heart of the book and the heart of the research was the papers, just because no one had seen them before.
1: And it is remarkable that the uh, the family gave you access, because those do belong to the family. They don't belong to the National Archives and Records Administration, though they are stored presently at the library. I'm now the president and CEO of the foundation. I'll be greeting you next week when you come up. I must say, we've just had the greatest week in earned media because of the Uh, 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing and the 50th anniversary of the Nixon doctrine. Thousands of people at the library, all the national cable, all the press. Buzz Aldrin was there on Saturday night with uh, a thousand people fetting him and cheering him. And it really we've opened the 50s on Nixon and the 50s begin from his inauguration in 1969, through his leaving the White House, and then this comeback will become. You're ahead of the curve here, Casey Pipes, and I wonder, (laughs) did you plan it this way?
2: Well, I certainly knew we have the, I guess it's the 45th anniversary of the resignation coming up next month. We have uh, the anniversary of his death uh, last April, so I, I figured the timing Was good, but I I just again, I felt like this was new ground. I felt like somebody should tell this story, it needed to be told. I didn't realize how good a story it was until I got into the papers and I found I mean, here's a guy with Reagan who is advising him during the Gorbachev summit. Um, You know, for example, on SDI, Reagan wants to build a nuclear missile defense system. Nixon doubts the technology of it, but he loves the leverage of it, he loves it as a negotiating strategy. And when Gorbachev balks and says you know, at at Reykjavik that Reagan has to give up SDI entirely or or there's no more negotiations, Nixon is one of the people that comes up with the idea, why don't you offer to share the technology? I mean, just sort of take the issue away, box him in, and that will bring it back to the negotiation table. And, of course, it's what Reagan does, and it works. So just little insights like that that we've never really known before show how active he was during this period and how successful he was and how presidents really valued his advice in a way, again, that was unimaginable in August of 1974.
1: I'm talking with Casey Pipes, author of the brand-new book from Regnery Publishing, After the Fall. Now, Casey... uh I helped him on the real war and President Reagan, when he was candidate, Reagan, Governor Reagan carried the real war around and was photographed doing so for a purpose to send a message that he knew what he was doing on foreign policy. But then your book takes us into after the campaign run through uh, President Nixon's relationship first with Reagan, to whom he was more or less a secret advisor, as well Well, as President Clinton, as well as President uh, the first Bush.
2: So with Reagan, as you see, I, I love your phrase, secret advisor. I mean, that's essentially what he was. was very much hush-hush, but he was in close contact with not only Reagan, but key staffers, obviously Al Haig when he was Secretary of State, George Shultz when he was Secretary of State, uh, Bud McFarlane when he was National Security Advisor. These were people he was routinely calling, sending memos to, sending letters to. Uh, a lot of his SDI advice and Gorbachev advice was sent to McFarlane. Uh, but he was also talking directly with Reagan, and and not that they always saw eye to eye. I mean, we it, it's important to note that Nixon and Reagan it was, it was a complicated relationship. Obviously, and, and Reagan valued his insights, but they didn't always agree. When Reagan signs the INF treaty in 1987, Nixon publicly breaks with him and and criticizes him and says he gave he essentially gave up too much. But nevertheless, they were in. in regular contact throughout the 1980s with Bush less. So Uh, he's much more skeptical of Bush. He's he's much more skeptical of James Baker. He respects Baker as a smooth operator and a Washington insider. He doesn't really trust Baker's view of the world. However, uh, he still is helpful. I mean, after the Tiananmen Square massacre, Nixon goes to China. Uh, He visits directly with Deng Xiaoping. And basically, in, in brutal language, what language says to him, you know, one more episode like this, that it could be the death of our relationship. And really helps kind of diffuse the situation and, and you know, the Chinese sort of get the message and begin to cooperate. And then with Clinton, I mean, politics makes strange bedfellows. Um, they become very close. Bob Dole is one of the ones that puts them together. He recommends to Clinton that he called Nixon for advice. Clinton does. Clinton is amazed at the insight that Nixon has about world leaders, and particularly with Russia and the emerging republics coming out of the disillusion of the Soviet Union with Yeltsin. And so those are the things they're working on, really, all the way up until his death. And then, of course, at the funeral in Norbalinda, who shows up to deliver a magisterial eulogy uh, for Nixon, essentially you know, putting the capstone on his comeback, but Bill
1: Clinton. It It is always the case that when I go through the library and you are Belinda, people are watching the Bill Clinton eulogy of Richard Nixon with astonishment uh, when Bill Clinton says the time is now passed to judge Richard Nixon by anything other than his entire career. And they always stop and say, what is Bill Clinton doing at the Nixon? They forget, right? People forget. It's been 25 years and they, they just forget. And your book is timely in that regard. I also think it's timely because we are going to be looking at not just the 50th anniversary of apollo but the the president's founded epa signed the clean water act signed the clean sure. uh, air act signed the endangered species act signed title nine he saved israel in 1973 in the yom kippur war he opened china it is the it is the 50s for richard nixon and i think i hope there's a market for this as a result have you sensed that it's out there casey pipes for after the fall
2: it's it's been remarkable thus far i mean we we kicked the book off here in our hometown of fort worth we we sold out of books that night the media reviews have been very positive uh, the interviews uh, and pe- people are just fascinated they they don't know this piece of the nixon story i mean it's really the last great untold nixon story and they they marvel when they hear about how active he was i mean this is i mean in many ways you if you think about it he sort of establishes a new model for ex-presidents. I mean, before him, Hoover's a little bit of an exception. But you think about Truman just sort of retires to independence. Ike retires to Palm Springs and Gettysburg. Nixon makes it his day job to be providing advice and counsel on policy. And he, he writes books and he travels the world and he gives speeches and he's meeting with three presidents. That's really the model we see today. I mean, you think about Obama, you think about Clinton, you think about George W. Bush. That's kind of what they're doing. And so it's a remarkable piece of his story that deserves to be remembered, and hopefully this book will do that. Yeah, the the
1: President's Club is real, and uh, President Obama did not make use of it as much as the other presidents did before, and I I hope will continue to do so afterwards. But they all called Nixon, and you've got it all written down, and you talked to everyone, so congratulations, Casey. I'll see you at the library next week. It's always great to read a good book about Nixon, and I appreciate your having done so, and good luck with Regnery getting out there and pushing the book. The book is After the Fall. After the fall, after the fall. So you go look it up at uh, Amazon.com and order it today. You'll be riveted. And I, I tell everyone I'm, you know, I'm not a fair observer. I worked for Richard Nixon in San Clemente at the Elba of America in 1978, 79, and 80. Went with him to New York in 1980, came back to California in 89, 90, and 91 to oversee the construction of the library. And I'm back again, uh, half the year in California helping them to, uh, uh, run the programming and, and the, uh, The library And Rick Grinnell, Ambassador Grinnell, we had a great space panel at the library on the Apollo 15. And then on two nights ago, we had Buzz Aldrin there to celebrate the Splashdown, 50th anniversary of the Splashdown. And what a great American hero. So it's a wonderful time for Casey Pipes to come out with After the Fall. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com.